Hey everybody, if you are a writer or an aspiring writer, or if you just love literature, I have a book for you. It's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. It is the long-awaited craft book by Steve Almond, based on three decades of his writing career, a career that has featured at turns depression, failure, anxiety, self-loathing, despair, self-doubt, loss of faith, delusions of grandeur, and the occasional triumph. It's a book about the writing life. Steve Almond has done it. He has embraced it, the full catastrophe, and he has lived to tell about it. The Boston Globe says, quote, this isn't just a book about writing. It's a book about honesty. And Richard Russo calls it, quote, one of the best books on writing I've ever read. It's also the funniest by a country mile. Once again, it's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond, available from Zando. Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, where is this? Hello, how are you? Welcome to The Other People Show. I'm Brad Listy. I am in Los Angeles. It's good to be with you. Emily Prophet is my guest. She has a new novel out called Blue. It was translated by Tina Cover, and it is available from Amazon Crossing. Blue is the official January pick of the Nervous Breakdown Book Club. TheNervousBreakdown.com is my online culture magazine and literary community, and it has its own monthly book club. For more on that, check out thenervousbreakdown.com. Emily Prophet is a Haitian writer from Port-au-Prince, where she still resides. She is a poet, a novelist, a journalist, and the director of the National Library of Haiti. In French, Blue is called Le Testament de Solitude, and it won the Grand Prix Littéraire de l'Association d'Écrivains de la Langue Française in 2009. Apologies for my French. Uh, Emily's other books include Le Reste du Temps, which tells the story of her special relationship with journalist Jean Dominique, who was murdered in the year 2000. Another book called Impasse Dignité, and another called Le But du Monde et une Fenêtre. So my conversation with Emily Prophet is coming up in just a moment. Once again, her new book available in the States in translation is called Blue. And before we begin, I do want to say just a few words about Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese Buddhist monk and teacher and the author of dozens of books of prose and poetry. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, he was a contemporary of Martin Luther King. And I want to say Martin Luther King Jr. nominated Thich Nhat Hanh for the Nobel Peace Prize in the 1960s. 
And Thich Nhat Hanh was an activist in Vietnam during the time of the war and was eventually forced to live in exile because he refused to take sides in the war and was advocating for peace and so on and so forth. So he spent much of his life in France and taught all over the world and then returned in his uh, late years, in his 90s, back to Vietnam after suffering a very serious stroke in his late 80s. So he uh, passed away on Friday at the age of 95, and it really hit me. Thich Nhat Hanh's students call him Thai, which means teacher in Vietnamese. And, you know, I, I never spent time with him. I was supposed to go see him talk once, but then I had to leave town unexpectedly, so I couldn't do it, which is to my everlasting regret. But I certainly feel like a student of his because I've read so many of his books and have listened to hundreds of hours. I would guess that it's hundreds of hours. I've listened to his Dharma talks, as they're called, uh, so many times through the years. And the reason I'm bringing all of this up on this show is that in addition to being an amazing spiritual teacher and Zen Buddhist master, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh was an incredible writer. He was able to write and speak and think clearly and simply and consistently about complicated things. Things like death and suffering, anger, fear, love, grief, hatred, activism, nonviolence. A uniquely gifted thinker and writer, able to communicate with great skill and economy. And I just have so much in, uh, admiration for him at that level because I know how difficult it is to write about anything, let alone these kinds of things, and to do it so well for so long. Uh, I want to say he spoke five languages fluently. He got his degree from Columbia. He's just a brilliant guy. I think that part of his life doesn't get the attention that it deserves, just how brilliant he was. So his impact all over the world has been enormous and will continue to be. And when I learned of his death, I had just finished interviewing someone for this show. And what's interesting is that we were talking after the interview itself had concluded. We were sort of saying our goodbyes. And I had turned the recorder off. And we were talking about Thich Nhat Hanh, not knowing that he had just died. And then, uh, you know, just seconds after hanging up, I turned to the internet, as one does, and there was the news. And it gave me the chills. And it then made me think about the power of an individual to change people's lives and to change the course of human affairs. And it made me think about the power of books to change a person's existence. And I know that this sort of thing gets bandied about and it can be easy to dismiss or to think of it as maudlin or something. But thinking about Thich Nhat Hanh, I have to say that he, above all other writers that I've ever read, has impacted me the most deeply. He's not a literary writer per se, 
but he's a profound writer. And I feel like I need to pay tribute to him as he moves on to the next realm or the next life or whatever, whatever it is, because he's a truly great human being. As much as a human being can be great, he was it in my book. And, you know, there's sorrow, but there's also a lot of uh, gratitude. What an amazing life. And this is also something that people say a lot when somebody dies. What an, ama- what an amazing life. But Thich Nhat Hanh, he lived a truly amazing life. He was a truly great human being and a radical human being. The things that he wrote about and the things that he advocated for are simple on their face, but maybe difficult to put into practice. It's not easy, necessarily. It's simple, but it's not easy. But I feel like there's so much wisdom in his thinking and the world could really use wisdom right about now. So if you haven't read him and you're up for it, check it out. Or if you want to listen to his talks, they're on YouTube or they're on uh, his podcast channel. He's got a podcast from uh, Plum Village, his monastery in France down near uh, Bordeaux, I believe. So anyway, my uh, thanks and appreciation to Thich Nhat Hanh. Rest in peace. Hey everybody, if you are a writer or an aspiring writer, or if you just love literature, I have a book for you. It's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. It is the long-awaited craft book by Steve Almond, based on three decades of his writing career, a career that has featured at turns depression, failure, anxiety, self-loathing, despair, self-doubt, loss of faith, delusions of grandeur, and the occasional triumph. It's a book about the writing life. Steve Almond has done it. He has embraced it, the full catastrophe, and he has lived to tell about it. The Boston Globe says, quote, this isn't just a book about writing. It's a book about honesty. And Richard Russo calls it, quote, one of the best books on writing I've ever read. It's also the funniest by a country mile. Once again, it's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond, available from Zando. Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My guest today is Emily Prophet. Her new novel, available now in translation in North America, is called Blue, 
available from Amazon Crossing, translated by Tina Cover. It is the official January pick of the Nervous Breakdown Book Club. And it is a very poignant story about a Haitian woman who is en route from the United States back to Haiti and is reflecting on her past, her heritage, her socioeconomic conditions, her future. All of it through the lens of this liminal space of an airport, an in-between space. It's the kind of story that isn't told often enough, in particular here in the United States. So I was grateful to have read it and grateful to have had the chance to meet Emily Prophet and to talk with her about her life and work. I should mention that English is Emily's second language. She, of course, speaks French as a native Haitian, and I, you know, my French is far worse than her English. So she was a good sport in answering my questions and in talking with me, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Here she is, guys. This is Emily Prophet, and her new novel, One More Time, is called Blue. Blue was my first uh, uh, novel. Uh, I was before just a poet, and uh, Blue is uh, the, the transition book for me from poesy to uh, to uh, novel so uh, this is uh, and you can see uh, when you are reading blue that i that uh, i am a poet was it difficult to write a novel coming from a background as a poet did you struggle or was it something that you felt like you'd been building toward and i don't know like i'm wondering what that experience was like that transition no, oh, it was uh, it was easy. It was like uh, I was uh, I was uh, writing uh, a, a, a a poem, you know, uh, and I, it was just uh, a, 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 for me to a moment uh, to to tell uh, things that I had in me, and it, and it it came like this, and it was uh, like uh, a long uh, a, a longer poem than uh, the. But uh, a, many many persons tell me that, told me that, uh, hey, this is uh, this is still a poem. No, no, this is uh, other things. And uh, since Blue had, I I can't do. Uh, I think I I can't uh, write again a book like this, because I have I have had uh, like uh, it uh, more books, but Blue is uh, is the book of transition. And you say you can't write another book like this? Yes, I I can't I can't I I um I published a book uh, uh, one years ago one year ago that uh, that have had uh, a lot of success in France in in uh, Montreal in Canada but it it was not like uh, like blue blue is particular it was uh, I I had that those story to to tell and uh, with this book I think uh, I I. 
I I made the transition to po to po to the po to poems to uh, prose. So blue is uh, the only book that I read like this that I write like this, and I am sure I cannot I cannot write another book like this again. So does this mean you're only going to do poetry, or are you going to just write a different kind of fiction? A, a different kind of fiction, a, a, a different kind of fiction, because uh, blue is a uh, is uh, is like um, um, I have too pers too much personal things on this book, so this it was thing that I that I had to say to progress in my life. And I taught them. I write. I write them, and I'm very happy uh, that Blue is now in English, because that book was published in 19, uh, 1970, you know, 15 years ago. So um, it's a very particular. Like I know it feels good to get it on the page, but to have the book be out in the world, how does it feel once it becomes public? Do you know what I'm saying? To have these very personal, difficult things be in the hands of strangers. Like, what what do you think about that part of it? Afraid, afraid, and uh, 15 years uh, after, uh, I, I I still have the same sensation that uh, that is something uh, that that was just for me and my family. And uh, but I'm very happy somewhere because uh, many many persons, many many readers uh, like this book. This book, and I think now the story the the this story is not only mine it's a public story this is the story of women's and men's living here a story of immigration story of um, of uh, misery in my country um, this is not my only my story and i'm very happy for that this is uh, like a testimony uh, those things have um, those things are in Haiti, and many people are, are suffering uh, of uh, immigration and um, famine. But uh, this is not only my story. This is the story of Asian people. This is of this is stories of uh, of migrants. I was struck by the fact that this book is set in two thousand and one, right after. 9-11. And for those people listening who have not read the book yet, much of it takes place in an airport. And I want to hear you talk about airports. Like you're so good about airports on the page. And it made me think about what those spaces are like. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with airports and why you chose to set this novel mostly in an airport i hate the airports generally i hate the airports and you have it's an intersection you have many people afraid to 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 miss their flight we have people in hurry but the the airport was a, a space to to think about the past and the future, the past, uh, the, the 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 sisters, the the auntie who died in uh, in Florida, and uh, the and the the narrators, 
back to home, back, back home, and with a story to tell, with an, a story to tell to her mother, with uh, with uh, many memories of the Provence Bleu, of the childhood, of uh, immigration. So uh, it was um, a neutral place. To thank, to thank, and uh, and say why those all those things uh, happen happened to to us. What's the what's the problem? What we have what what we have to do, and we what we don't do. Why why all those things? Uh, why? So uh, the airport was um, was the pretext, the the to to the silence. Uh, we have noises, we we have silence, and it was in uh, 2000 and 2000 after just after the 9/11, and it was tough. We are, it was tough. Everybody was like, uh, okay, uh, I have to stay quiet because uh, things are difficult for um, travelers. And, uh, and the, the airport, the, the airport was, was a pretext. And, uh, the, and the, the narrators are remembering and she's telling and, uh, and, what what we have to do in Haiti to to avoid the, those kind of situation to remember all uh, all things uh, immigrations bringing for us uh, not always good things mm. generally bad things there's a lot of grief in this book there's a lot of sadness it's a very sad book uh, it's beautiful but it's also got a lot of sadness in it and that makes sense because Haiti is a country that has suffered so much. Yes. And one of the things that I found poignant about your novel and the time that it is set in, again, it's taking place in the immediate aftermath of 9-11, a couple of months after 9-11. Your protagonist is traveling back to Haiti, waiting to catch her flight back to Haiti after being in Florida. Her aunt has died, correct? Yes. And what I kept thinking about as she was ruminating and thinking about her country and her life and the struggles and suffering of her mother and her extended family was that all of this was happening before the big earthquake in Haiti in 2010. All of this was happening before the earthquake in 2021. There was another one yes. this past yes. summer. Yes, in August. So there was so much suffering in Haiti then and then to think of all of this calamity that was coming down the line years you know just a few years later just made it extra uh, poignant mm. yes uh, writers uh, we are um, the reality is uh, the the matière première the the your first material to work is the reality so uh, and uh, and like a, a writer, I don't have any choice. I have to talk about those things. And uh, we had the earth, a, a big earthquake in 2010, and one uh, in uh, August uh, for, uh, August uh, 14. But uh, uh, this is the, those um, uh, those earthquakes um, brings more suffering for Asian people. And after those earthquakes, we have 
people traveling to the States. And uh, we have the big story of TPS, um, a, a, a paper a, uh, making them able to work. So all those stories, and I'm not the only one. I think all the uh, the Asian writers talk uh, uh, about those um, those things uh, who were in our uh, daily life. So, so uh, uh, the immigration is a is a team that I uh, that I like to uh, to work with, but I'm not the only one. All the Asian writers you can find in their works all those uh, all those things, and uh, a, and it's very important because they are giving voice. They are giving uh, voice to people who who can't uh, who can talk who can tell all difficult of their lives. Mm. Yeah, unimaginably difficult uh, to so many people, you know, in the states who might not understand what life is like on the ground there. I'm curious about your experience of the earthquakes. Were you there in Port-au-Prince when the earthquake happened in 2010? I was there. I was. I was in Port-au-Prince in, in 2010, and uh, we were, uh, me and many colleagues, preparing a big event, a big uh, literature event, Etonne Voyageur. Etonne Voyageur is the biggest uh, festival, in, a French festival in Saint-Malo, in Bretagne, in, uh, in France, in the north of France. And we had, we, we were supposed to have an edition in Haiti, and uh, we had the writers, here and we were waiting for more writers when the earth, when we had the the earthquake i was in i was in haiti and uh, i lost many friends i lost we lost uh, writers who we who were there for the festival they died and um, and the the, the writers uh, were um, here telling what happened what, what happened daniela ferriere uh, the a, a famous asian writer uh, told uh, the cult culture can can save us, can save everybody. So it was um, a, a weird moment for 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 us uh, uh, the of uh, the 2010 earthquake in uh, 2021 in August. It was in the south, um, more far than for the prince but uh, it, it it was not the same thing but uh, it uh, it's still very difficult for people living in the south but 2010 was uh, was big very big because we lost uh, many 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 Haitians mm. and were you in danger no, 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 not. I, I was, uh, I, I was um, in Pétionville. It's a city, is a city uh, near Port-au-Prince, and I was in the street. So I see, uh, I have seen, uh, like, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't remember. It was like white. Everything became white. Right, and uh, we are. What happened? Because we are not prepared for for that. We don't even know. Me, I don't even know that uh, Haiti can can have a, an earthquake. We have never heard about earthquake See, uh, since uh, this 2010 January, when uh, a, 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 in um, 
and we we lost so many people so many uh house and uh, public um public institutions monuments uh, so it was a it was a, a very big things and uh, everybody know what happened after or uh, or uh, the money uh, the money for the reconstruction was uh, 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 um, taken by uh, a lot of people from international organizations, from uh, American officials like Madame Hillary Clinton. So it's a big story. I think uh, Asian writers have a lot of things to write to, to, for generation, for generation future, future generation. So wait, Hillary Clinton gave money to the recovery? What, what happened there? I'm not sure if I understand. No, she she was she was in the team, uh, her her husband, uh, the team for manage the money, and we never seen that money, we oh. never seen that money, and she has very very bad reputation in Haiti. Really? Okay, I did not know that. I did not know that. Yes. The Clinton the Clinton Foundation. Yes, the Bill Clinton Foundation. They never they never helped out. They never actually sent the money. They never sent the money, and uh, many people think the the money was stolen. I don't know. I don't know if uh, they 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 stole the, uh, the president, the former president, stole the money. But he, his foundation uh, has uh, managed managed the money, and this money never arrived in Haiti. So here's kind of a silly question. So forgive me. But we have uh, this movie star named Sean Penn. <laughs> uh, and he like showed up in Haiti, which is, you know, this American movie star goes there and basically camps out and is trying to do relief work, which I applaud anybody who's trying to help out in a crisis, uh, you know, hats off to them. But I'm curious to know, like, are you aware of this? Is there uh, a knowledge of his efforts in Haiti or is he considered... Like, yes, yes. Everybody is a star. He was living in uh, in a camp, in a camp with the with people who who, who lost their their houses and uh, working uh, to to give them food and uh, everything. He, and I think he stayed for more than uh, six months in this camp. So, but he never came back. I don't know why. I don't know why he was very involved uh, in Haiti after the earthquake. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mm. I, I'm just—I always wondered about that. Like, how, <laughs> how did it? How, how did people there perceive that? But I guess if he's trying to lend a hand, it's like all hands on deck. That's good, you know. I guess it's good. I think people in the camp didn't know really who is Sean Penn. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was poor, poor, poor people who never seen a movie, who never heard about uh, uh, Sean Penn. But I think they like him. Uh, why this white person with his big blue eyes working <laughs> like everybody in the camp? I think people appreciate that. Okay, good. Uh, and then I want to talk to you about the title of your book and the color blue. Uh, it refers to, I think, multiple things. I think it refers to the the tone of the book, the grief and the sadness. And then repeatedly in the narrative, the uh, protagonist refers to the blue province. 
and I think the Blue Province, correct me if I'm mistaken, it's called uh, uh, Gros Marin. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, it's Gros Marin, Gros Marin yeah. in French. And um, the original title is Le, Le Testament des Solitudes, the, the, the Loneliness uh, Testament. You know, and it and this book was uh, translated in German, and it was the same title in German, Le Testament des Solitudes. But uh, the 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 in English it uh, it became it it became blue, blue. It's it's a good title because I didn't realize before this translation that I talk so much about blue that blue were uh, coming and coming ever and ever in the book the blue uh, the blue uh, province uh, is gomare and and gomare gomare is in the south and gomare was earth earth uh, by the earthquake in 2021 we Everybody in Gomare lost uh, their their houses, uh, so Gomare was in the actuality uh, in August. But uh, the the province bleu, before the translation, I didn't realize that I called this place province bleu. So uh, I'm very surprised. But literature literature is that you the author the 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 the, the author is is. Uh, the author um, continuing to to discover uh, her or his book with the the, the readers. So uh, I'm very happy of that of this title, uh, blue like uh, the province blue, Gomare. It's funny how you wrote the book, and yet you're still discovering things about it. It's almost like you didn't write it. It's like a you know, I have the same sensation. It's almost like a different version of me wrote the book and you pick it up after a while away from it and it's surprising. <laughs> as long as you finished to read the book, it, it it is not yours anymore. It's for everyone, everybody. And you are uh, maybe uh, nearly in the same place with them and uh, writing. You are and in and, and often someone come to you and tell you, so I read that in your book and you are very surprised because you didn't realize that you you read that things or the interpret the interpretation is uh, is surprising you this is this is uh, uh, this is good moments with uh, readers and for the author as well you know so you are you are discovering uh, ever and ever the book that you read that you that you wrote and i want to talk about the reception that the book received when it was published in tw in 2007 originally in french how did it how did how was the re, like the reading public in Haiti how did they receive it how did uh, the french speaking world receive the book the book was uh, well received in Haiti i think uh, readers were was happy uh, the book was published in montreal because my editor is in montreal memoir d'un crier and uh, in french uh, in france i have had a prize from the from the uh, fr French uh, 
French writers in an association, and uh, I had a prize, and I have a, I had a special mention mention in La Havana, in Cuba, um, the Casa de las Americas, in Cuba. It was uh, the the book was was appreciated by by French readers and uh, and was uh, translated in German in 2008. And uh, yes, the, the the book had a very good reception hmm. in French, uh, in in Canada, in France, and in Germany, in and, Haiti also. Of course. And what is literary culture like in Haiti? I know from reading about you a bit that you're involved. You do you work at the National Library still? Is that right? Yes, I I, I was uh, the, the director of the National Library. And now I'm uh, I'm in uh, I'm I'm working in copyright things because uh, uh, in 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 a side life I am a, a lawyer. You're a lawyer. Yes. You have your law degree. Yes. Oh wow, yes. that's a good thing to. I always feel like that's a useful thing to be right. You can look at your own contracts and you know what's going on. Yes, in con. Exactly, <laughs> in royalties and uh, everything uh, regarding copyright. So, what is literary culture like in Port-au-Prince? Just as an example, do you is there a vibrant like cafe society? Do you are there readings? Like, do you know, like what what is it like? I have no, I've never been, so I have no context. Uh, in Haiti, people like uh, literature, and uh, you can have a poet. Uh, in uh, in the in the room or in the podium, and you have like uh, 100 person come uh, to 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 here to to listen po the poet. So people generally like literature, and we have many festivals. You we had, we we just had a a festival uh, uh, en lisant. Reading, reading, and uh, I was very surprised. I went for a conference, uh, a conference uh, about uh, a, a book uh, that I uh, published in 2018, uh, and I had uh, like uh, at 10 in the morning, I have like uh, 60 young people to here in the room waiting for me, waiting for the conference. And uh, generally, uh, um, writers have uh, a lot of success in Haiti. Oh, that's great to hear. I mean, I feel yeah. like I feel like a hundred people showing up for a poet. That's good. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I want to ask uh, about another recurring motif in your book, and that is coffee, which yes. you write about, and it plays such a central role in the life of the protagonist, not only in a day-to-day way we all i mean most all of us drink some sort of caffeinated beverage every day but i'm curious to know more about coffee in haiti as uh, agriculture and then also as like it, it truly is tied to this woman's sense of identity and family history yes my grandparents were agricultures and uh, they they were selling coffee. Coffee is uh, is part of the family. It's uh, it's uh, it's firstly a smell, and um, 
a memorial link in, uh, between us. So coffee, we are drinking coffee. Uh, uh, very young in my family, you have one year, two years, and you are drinking coffee. Really? And, uh, wait, wait, yes. wait. When you're when you're a baby, you're two years old, you're drinking coffee. Yes, yes, you're drinking <laughs> coffee. I remember my 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 brother. I have a brother younger than me. Like, uh, uh, and I remember my my grandmother when he was like uh, one month, uh, giving him some coffee. You uh, and telling him, you have to know what is it. You have to know what is it. This is coffee. Coffee is 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 is, is a link between us. And I like smelling coffee, and I like drinking coffee as all my family. Hmm. So your grandparents were coffee farmers. Yes. 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 And you can talk about uh, my family with without talk about coffee. I I'll say this. As I was reading your book, I wanted coffee. I was suddenly like, <laughs> I want some coffee and I want Haitian coffee. I don't want, yes. <laughs> I mean, this is what's funny though, because the, the narrator is in an airport. And so of course she's at Starbucks, uh, as somebody who comes from a coffee family in Haiti and is kind of closer to the ground in terms of how the, how the product is made. What do you think of Starbucks? Like, are you okay with it? Or do you feel like, eh, this isn't the real stuff? No, I'm I'm okay with every coffee. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's firstly the smell. This is first of all the smell of the coffee, and I like every coffee, uh, every coffee, uh, Starbucks or Asian coffee. That's fine with me. I, I just like the coffee. Yeah, it's a good smell. Yes, and it's funny too how a smell can carry with it so much like so much memory and other sometimes it's is somebody somebody or a space a special space you can you can leave everything uh, you can remember everything with an other and I, I am what you can what people call in friends particularly a nose i have a i have a memory of of the other and i like that yeah, yeah, me too. And I, I love perfume very much. Really? Uh, yes. What kind of perfume? I, I can I can I can identify the any perfume. I think you if if I was born in in France or in California, I w I, I I'll be um I, I'm uh, I'll be able to work in in the wine uh, uh, plantation. I don't know. Uh, where, where we are, we are making wine because I, I have the nose for order for remembering everything with my with my nose. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Do you have a good sense of taste too? Yes, yes. And I I, I like to say that uh, uh, literature is a five senses job. If you have your your all your senses, uh, you can use them. You can read, cause uh, uh, for writing you have to you have to read you have to to have culture. But this is the most important cultures, the cultures that you can get with your senses. So you can you can see what uh, what somebody is feeling, 
and write about this person even you if you don't have any you you don't have had any conversation with him hmm. so if you don't have your senses i think you can't be a, a, a writer an artist not uh, not only a, a, a writer an artist you have to to use your five senses and eventually have a, a, a sixth senses what like the 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 call the sixième sense the sixth sense hmm. and i'm thinking about as you're talking about uh sense memory and the way that a a, a smell can evoke so much uh about our pasts i'm th- and and how it how that sort of stuff lives in your body i feel like this is tied to a deeper theme in the book which is how our ancestors live inside of us and how trauma from generation to generation lives inside of us. That is very much what this book is dealing with and what this character is dealing with. And, you know, I think just to, just to summarize a little bit for people listening, the narrator of the book is thinking about and revisiting memories that have to do with her upbringing and with her mother and with her mother's sisters, each of whom took a different path in life. Uh, two of the sisters, I believe went to Florida. Is that right? Yes. There's, yes, there's yes. Odile, Odile and forgive me. It's a uh, Odile and, uh, and Christy. Christy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she's pondering all of this. And I just like to hear you talk about, that experience um, in the book, but also in your life and the way that, you know, your family history informed the writing of the novel and the way that, I don't know, we all carry stuff. Uh, maybe, I think much more than we even realize that goes way back, you know, many generations. Yes. Uh, way back uh, to, to, to understand, to see where this story is beginning at, uh, at the Province Bleu after the second, the second World War. Uh, they are, they are women in, um, in a, in a province, the, the Province Bleu, and, uh, they, they are so poor. They came to the capital in Port-au-Prince, and uh, for bad life, uh, uh, more misery, and then uh, going to the United States and uh, trying to to work. But when uh, when you are an adult and you are going to a foreign country, it's not easy. It's not easy the adaptation, the adaptation, and when you don't have the when you are illegal. When you have the the, the the good paper, the legal pay, the legal paper to work and to come back, because leaving your country is a is a difficult choice, it's a big choice. But when you are able to come back, it's not the same thing. I I lived in Swiss in Switzerland, but I was uh, I was able to come back in my country whenever I want. But when you are Far from your home, and you have family, and you have somebody like your mother, like your daughter, who who died, and you 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 can't 
come just for the funeral because you don't have the legal paper. If you if you are, if you try to come back, you will never go can go 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 back to the country when we are working when you are working to help the family uh, stayed uh, in the, in the country. It's a it's a very complicated situation. And it was the situation of those ladies, those two ladies who chose to left their country with a visa to go to work in the United States. And they died. It was a story, a, a, a real story. They died in an accident and, and uh, it was like this. And, uh, and I was in this airport asking myself, what happened? Why it's it happened. What? What? Uh, what did? What I don't get? Why it like this? And uh, um, and I had to to write. I had to to bring out to me this story and share it with uh, other people. Cause it's still in Haiti when the people when pers- when people leave to to go to the states or elsewhere. W- those who are in Haiti think they are good. That's a good choice. They, 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 they will have the possibility to work to help us uh, in the country. But it's not true. We, we, there, there is no more Eldorado in the world. So when the, and it's a, it's a big, big, big uh, challenge for, for those who. Who left? And uh, maybe you, you, maybe you are you, you, you have seen in in September, Brad, in Texas, we have had the uh, Haitian migrants on uh, and uh, policemen on us uh, uh, trying to catch them with uh, lassos. And I think people are beginning to see it's this is not uh, paradise. This is not an Eldorado. When you are leaving, it's a tragedy. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like uh, I think the I think the immigration process has always been fraught, maybe more so recently. And then I think with the decline of American democracy and with the immigration policies that we saw under Donald Trump, it's just brought it into strong relief. So again, your book is prescient. Your book is a lot of, uh, it's like a foreshadowing of all that was to come considering when it was written and published back in 27, uh, you know, 2007. And I'm wondering, I mean, you said that you lived in Geneva, you worked as like an attache for the Haitian government. Is that correct? Yes, I was working uh, on intellectual property in the WIPO, World Intellectual uh, Property Organization, at uh, for the Haitian mission in uh, in Switzerland. It was was it was for one year because I was uh, I, I, it it was so uh, so boring for me. So after after uh, before uh, one year. Uh, I came, I came back to Haiti. You did. Okay. And I was wondering, because we were talking about immigration and the desire for so many Haitians to try to come to the United States or go elsewhere. I'm wondering if that ever tempted you. You know, it sounds like you were born and raised in Port-au-Prince and you've made your home there. No, yes, I'm living in Port-au-Prince and uh, uh, I, I'm, someday it's so hard 
in Haiti, uh, I, I think, uh, okay, I, I, I must go like uh, so much uh, person did it, but I'm still here. I'm still here because uh, it's um, this this country is inspiring me, and uh, I like to be here to to see what's what what happened and uh, be uh, uh, angry and uh, and say uh, I I have to I have to do something. I think I have many things to do here. I think uh, I um, I have a mission to to tell. What's happened here? What's happening here? And uh, this is not uh, a way to to um, to to make uh, misery like an aesthetic thing, but uh, uh, to 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 tell what what happened or people living here. And I think every everyone cannot go. So I'm here, I'm here, and uh, I'm working here, and uh, I will not, uh, I, I will not uh, going to live in another country. So I, I confess that I have uh, chance. I have uh, the, I am very lucky because uh, I, I, I'm traveling a lot in many countries. I, I was in France uh, uh, two weeks ago, and uh, I, I will be at. Uh, Mali in Africa in January and then in France and then uh, in Saint Malo I have I'm lucky I have the possibility to to travel a lot because I'm a writer I was I'm in I, I have invi- invitation to go to the festivals to the um, conference uh, colloque so uh, this is maybe why uh, um, I I accept to to stay here I have no problem to stay here. So all this traveling that you're doing has to do with your work as a writer, not your work as a lawyer. As a lawyer, uh, I'm going to Geneva once a year for the General Assembly of WIPO. But uh, since uh, since the 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 pandemic, they don't we don't have uh, the we don't have uh, a General Assembly in Geneva. So uh, I'm right. I'm traveling like writer. Like, well, that's nice, though. That's nice. I, it's nice to be invited to these places and to get to fly around the world. Yes. Where, yes, where, where, uh, where in France were you again? In France, generally, is in Paris or so, uh, Saint Malo. In September and October, uh, October, I have a tournée uh, in France, and I went to Toulouse, uh, I went to Bourgogne, uh, 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 and uh, La Rochelle. So it was, it was very, very tired. I was tired, but it was, it was, it was good. It was yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Sometime in, in Brussels uh, and uh, somewhere in, in Africa, like Niger, Mali. Uh, I went to um, Tunisia in, in September for the Congress of French Writers. I went to Tunisia. I went to Morocco, to Algeria. So um, <laughs> everywhere where I'm invited, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, yeah. to talk. Literature. Wish, wish somebody would invite me somewhere. Nobody ever invites me. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. 
Um, so do you have, I mean, you said your grandparents were coffee farmers in the south of Haiti in, uh, you know, Provence Bleu, but I'm wondering if, um, you have any writers in your family? Do you, can you trace your lineage as a writer and as a poet to other ancestors? No, not really. My, 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 my father's uh, my father alf brother was a poet but he was it he was uh, he, he was uh, he was sick he was uh, really sick it was a psychological problem and i think he wrote uh, a, a a little book of poems which was not very good but i don't have writers i don't have writers in my family i'm the first one and what do they think of you uh, oh oh they are very proud they are very proud uh, and uh, i think my brother i have uh, two brothers i think the little one uh, he, he, he read uh, everything I, I wrote i think uh, i think they are very proud well, that's good. That's what you want, right? You don't want them to be like, what is this? I think, listen, I think sometimes family members can get upset when there's a writer in the family writing about personal stuff and sharing stories that might implicate or involve family members. But it's good to have that support and to have family members who understand. My, 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 my dad would, my dad, uh, He's, he died in 2020, and I think he he, he was not happy when I when I wrote uh, Blue, the Testament de Solitude, but uh, I was an adult and he had nothing to say. But I think he he, he doesn't like this. He doesn't like it. Yeah, but I think that's a, that's an interesting question. It's one that I've run into myself. Is how do you handle that? You have to write. You have to write what you write. You can't. I mean, you don't want to deliberately. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to deliberately hurt somebody. But I feel like you can't. You can't censor yourself. I think if you do that, it's a. It's you know, it's not going to lead to a good book. Yes, and when you when you write, uh, when you write, uh, you um, often you talk. Uh, you have to talk about uh, people, uh, family, and and uh, and my my dad. Thank uh, it uh, it uh, it was uh, a, a not decency to to talk about the family like this. So, uh, but uh, but I think when you feel things, you have to talk about them. You have to share experience experiences and uh, in with the with the good languages because uh, languages is the the higher expression you 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 can't read if you don't if you don't have the language if you have the language the you you the 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 way to tell the story you have to share the story when the story is in you you have to to bring it out and share and share it, hmm. share the experience. So, I want to ask you. Uh, I've talked. We touched on this a little bit, but I'm curious to know about the relationship between 
uh, Haiti and Florida in particular. I, I could be misapprehending this, but it seems because of geography that there would be more travel between Florida and Haiti than other places in the United States. The American government had always considered Haiti as the backyard of America because Florida is just one hour and, and, and a half from Haiti in a flight. So uh, you, you take a flight at 3 to Florida at 4.30. You, uh, you, you, you left Port-au-Prince at 3, and at 4.30 you are in Florida. And in the, in the past, in the 80s, we have had a lot of immigration by boat to Florida. People lived Haiti with uh, the, the little boat to Florida, and they, they, we, have, we have had many, many people going to Florida just by boat. And the Americans that uh, have uh, coast guard to, uh, to, 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 to prevent uh, those uh, illegal uh, traveling to Florida. So uh, when you are in Haiti, going to Florida is very easy. I was in Florida in, uh, in July. I was in Florida in July, and I have uh, many, many friends uh, living in Florida. Florida and Creole. Creole is, uh, is, uh, is nearly an official language in Florida. You have English, you have Spanish, and you have Creole in Florida. When you are, when you are in, a, in a federal, federal building in Florida, you have notice in English, Spanish, and Creole. Hmm. I did not know that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I want to ask, too, about jazz, because the protagonist in the book loves jazz music, and I know that you, you used to do a jazz show on Radio Haiti. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay. I, yes. I, I mean, I'm no expert, but I like jazz as well. I'm curious to know how you came to this and like what your background is musically. I, I, I had many friends who were listening jazz when I was, when I was uh, adolescent, uh, when I was uh, 19, 20. And, uh, and uh, every, every weekend, we were listening jazz, uh, Miles Davis and, uh, and many others, the singers like Billie Holiday and, uh, and reading stories about, uh, about uh, American jazzmen, jazz, jazz singer. And uh, I, I had a, ja a radio show, uh, a jazz radio show, and I'm still working for, at a radio in Port-au-Prince. Three, three, I have three shows in, uh, by week. This morning I was in the radio, not for jazz, but for cultural uh, things, uh, talk, talk, talking about uh, books, about music. Uh, but uh, yes, I had that show. And uh, for, for, um, for many years, every day I remember I, 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 I heard jazz and I had many, many, many informations about, uh, about uh, American jazz singers. So we were listening uh, jazz every time, but it was American jazz. 
So uh, we had uh, many singers. Uh, that was good moments. And, uh, and the jazz uh, uh, entered in, uh, in blue, naturally. Do you play do you play music? Do you sing? No, I'm no no unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately no. Yeah, me neither. I don't have any of that. I wish I did. Yes, me too. Me too. I think everybody wishes they could sing and play an instrument, right? Yes. I have two daughters and one of them uh, uh, playing guitars and the other piano. Oh, really? Yes. They they have the gift. Yes, they have the gift. Uh, the, 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 they are playing uh, guitar and piano. But well, uh, maybe, uh, the, maybe the, they can live out your jazz dream. They can live out the dream. And... They, 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 had the, they, 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 ha- they have had better parents than me. <laughs> <laughs> you, your parents did not give you a saxophone when you were a child, I take it. No, right? no, no, no. I had nothing when I was a child. Our, I had nothing, and I, uh, I, uh, I, I read a lot because I had uh, accountant books uh, at home because my 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 father was an accountant, and my my uh, my grandfather, the father of my my dad, was uh, was a lawyer, and I had uh, uh, liar liar uh, book books uh, about uh, law at home and uh, an accountant so i read books uh, regarding accountant and and law i didn't have literature book at home so it was uh, it was uh, difficult but uh, when i was uh, when i was uh, 14 I met uh, friends who were reading, reading and and uh, I I had access to books, and uh, I'm very happy. I I think that changed that changed my life, but it was a uh, it was a uh, a monk. How do you say monk uh, in in English? Uh, uh, I, I didn't have books at home, hmm. and we don't. And when when you are living in Haiti, we don't have library that where you can go and read you don't have library even at at the school you don't have library really so how do you where do you read where do you get books uh, uh friends friends uh, I, I at friends home and i have the chance i have the chance to meet uh, uh writers when i was 14 i i, I met when if you looked at a a a po an Asian, a famous Asian poet poet I met uh, Jean Claude Fignolet and I go uh, and uh, they they lend me book uh, that I read but I, I don't have I don't I, I didn't have book when I when I when I was a child now I have too many books this is another problem I have too many books and no 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 time to to read all the books that I have. I I hear you there. I hear you there. In fact, I could, you know, people listening cannot see this, but there are books behind you, bookshelves filled. <laughs> so I I ran out of shelf space at this point. I can't even put. If people send me books, I don't know where to put them anymore. I just I have piles now. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, when I was uh, when I was young, I I I, I have. Uh, 
el, el lack of everything. <laughs> But this is Haiti. This is a this is a, a developing country. We're, we're getting worse and worse. <laughs> so uh, we don't have book. We don't have food. We don't have electricity. Uh, a lot of lack. And the government situation is unstable as well. Oh, very unstable. Very unstable. The you heard about the assassination of the president in July. Yeah. And uh, and uh, many problems to 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 give him justice to to arrest the the the, the people who did that. And we and every day is coming with other problems. Other problems, and uh, uh, we don't. And now we have uh, a kidnapping problem. People uh, kidnapping. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a really really. Uh, we are we are just uh, very um, uh, tired of that. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things about your book and about the story that it tells that struck me so much, is how much despair there is in the narrator, and um, by extension in the people of Haiti who have been through so much and who have so much coming at them, whether, you know, it's it's not just personal poverty, it's it can be a national poverty, or it can be that poverty coupled with natural disaster. It can be that poverty coupled with uh, corruption, government instability, um, you know, infrastructure, um, problems, all these different things. And I marvel at the resilience, uh, the resiliency of people who live there and who continue to fight to make it a better place and who continue to be productive and make art and music and all the rest. But in the narrator of your book, I was moved by I think it's a sense of exhaustion, you know, it was a, it's a, you could really feel the fatigue when it comes to all the trauma and all the difficulty and I, the struggle to find hope, you know, to have hope despite all of the difficulties. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how you do it. <laughs> you know, do you, do you have str like similar struggles? Do you have, it, it seems like you would have to have a pretty what's the word for it like a realistic outlook and a toughness i guess at a certain point when you're trying to navigate all of this can you just talk about that it's got to be difficult it's it's difficult and uh, we can't count on the government we can't count on the politician everybody count on itself and uh, and I think um, I think this country is uh, the, someday I think this country doesn't exist because people nobody nobody think about Haiti like a country who can be different we don't have any any public policy and 
the people who the, the the people who are doing politics the active politics those who want to be uh, a, a representative who want to be president who want to be minister they i don't i don't think they they are fighting for a better country because it's the same thing so you have this this team on the power and it do it it, it do like the other the 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 old team did so we, we just don't know why people want because everybody these days are talking about uh, election but it that we know we know that nothing will can change because i think i think this majority of these people doesn't want to live here Hmm. Asian people, the 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 story of of our lives is an immigration stories. Asian uh, coming from Africa by boat to the island to work like slave, and I think the people, I think everyone wants to go elsewhere, somewhere. This country is not their country. I think we have to to think about this problem. Or can we change the mentality? Or can we force people to understand, to agree that this country is their country? And this is a problem. Election will not resolve anything. I think we have to change mentality. We have to change mentality. So uh, when you change the, 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 the politics, the, the, new, the new ones, did exactly the that that exactly what the the old team did this is this is like this since uh, two uh, since two, 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 218 years since the independence hmm. so we don't have any hope well i like to believe that Writers can play a role in helping to build a sense of national identity by telling stories like the ones that you're telling. It, you know, it's going to be a small effect, but it's a necessary and important effect. And so I applaud you for doing the work that you do and for staying there and bearing witness to the place and to the people who live there and to, you know, making your stories their stories. Yes, what literature can do, nothing, but it can shut up. It can shut up. It, it, we have to talk. We have to explain what's happened. We have to tell what people feel, what what people feel in this in this country. And I think this is why uh, why uh, Asian writers have uh, that success in the world. Because they are they they are telling they are talking about things that sometimes people don't think possible. This is this is us. This is the country, and this is a special story, a story of slavery, a story of independence. Because Haiti is the first uh, first independent Black Republic in the world, and this country is trying, 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 and and can't reach what everyone maybe wants a country when they can live they they 
where they can the, what they can have food they can have uh, medical uh, medical santé uh, uh, voilà so we are we are just trying every day but <laughs> every morning I'm t- uh, uh, every morning we we said is it possible is it still possible we have to think in this thing we can we can uh, go further further so uh, it's a it's a difficult life hmm. well it's so nice to meet you and i uh, i enjoyed your book congratulations on its publication here in the states in english are you working on a new book uh, no no i'm uh, i'm not working on a book now maybe next month in in uh, 2022 Cause uh, I I was uh, in uh, in the, the in this one, Le village de Dieu. This is uh, God villages. God villages. Uh, this is uh, the village de Dieu. Is a slum in Port-au-Prince. It's uh, and this book had uh, a, a big success. Oh, it did. And uh, Brad, I'm so sorry for yes, yes, and I'm so sorry for my English, and I'm gonna improve it for the next time. Hey, listen, I'm sorry for my French. You haven't even heard it yet, but it would be <laughs> unintelligible, probably, or at least you would think I had like a you know a second grade education. I can only say very basic things in French. So I appreciate your efforts <laughs> to talk with me uh, in my native tongue. Congratulations on the publication of Blue. And uh, and on all that you have going, and I wish you well. Thank you, Brad, and good luck for your book, uh, your coming book. So uh, thank yeah. you very much. Okay, guys, there we have it. That is Emily Prophet, and her new novel is called Blue. Available now from Amazon Crossing in translation, uh, translated by Tina Cover. You can find Emily on the internet. She's on Twitter. At Prophet Emily is her handle. Once again, the novel is called Blue, the official January pick of the Nervous Breakdown Book Club. Go get your copy right away. If you would like to join the Nervous Breakdown Book Club, just go to thenervousbreakdown.com and click on Book Club in the menu bar. You'll get a new book delivered to your door every 30 days. I interview book club authors on this podcast. The Other People podcast is offered freely. Did you know that? Every single episode of this show is available for free. It's a listener-supported program. If you like this show, if you listen regularly and you get something from it, I hope you'll consider supporting the show over at patreon.com slash otherpplpod. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash otherpplpod. For as little as $1 a month, you can support the show. There are different tiers, different levels to meet every situation. As you move up the scale, you can get stuff, a book club membership, a t-shirt, a tote bag, a coffee mug. I will wish you a happy birthday. I will write you a postcard. Patreon.com slash other PPL pod. If you're interested in uh, pre-ordering my novel, you can do that. Just go to bradlisty.com and it's all right there. If you... Send me a a proof of purchase, a screenshot of a proof of purchase. I will write you a little note and send you another people sticker. Send it to you in the mail. 
So just and I'll give you a shout out here on the podcast. So just uh, go to bradlisty.com for pre-order information. If you would like to email me, the address for the show is letters at otherppl.com. This program also has its own official app. Did you know that? The app is free. Go get the app. The Other People Podcast has its own YouTube channel. Search for it by name at YouTube, uh, otherppl.com, and subscribe. Okay? Talk to you soon. (laughs) 